This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. This is an evergreen content warning. Um, This podcast talks a lot about abuse and uh, trauma and surviving from both. Uh, We talk about narcissistic abuse. So please understand that if you are not comfortable with talking about those things and your mental health openly and honestly, maybe with not uh, so much polish, uh, this may not be the space for you. Also understand that uh, this ta- this podcast also tackles uh, societal issues of racism, capitalism, um, patriarchy, misogyny, whiteness. So if any of these I um, these topics trigger you, please feel free to leave this space and um, without comment and without any vitriol. Um, and that is perfectly fine for both you and I. Thank you. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, today's episode is going, uh, I'm going a little bit uh, more uh, to the South Asian of things on this one. And I will connect it back to narcissism in the way that I um, interpreted it. But um, earlier, a few week, couple weeks ago was when um, The Romantics on Netflix came out. And it's about the Bollywood movie industry, and particularly about one production house, um, Yashraj Films. If you are unfamiliar with Bollywood um, movies, there's a handful of studios that are in, you know, producers, directors that are incredibly popular that um, made movies that defined um, my generation in particular. Um, So the current generation that's in, you know, that is in control of their disposable income, I guess, is the best way to kind of frame it. Um, Our understanding, our view, and almost all of our biases a lot. Um, If we grew up around Bollywood, if we had that in our midst, um, Yashraj Films had a lot to do with how we saw the world. And in particular... Um, how we saw romantic relationships. I find it really interesting that the creators of the show, um, or I guess documentary series, I guess is technically what it's um, being classified as, that they chose Yashraj, because they honestly could have chosen, like there's like three or four right off the top of my head that I can think of that they could have gone to also, um, whose movies were just as impactful. Um, But Yashraj, I think, was a really um, interesting place for them to go to. And this series, as I was watching it, and I've watched it about... um, twice all the way through uh three times for the for the for the last three episodes I just didn't watch the first one for a third time um and it was so very interesting to watch this because a um the 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 main kind of focal point of the of the series is Aditya Chopra who is Yashra who is Yash Chopra's oldest son and he is behind some of the most iconic movies from the 90s that came out of Bollywood. The Dilwale Dulhanya Le Jayenge Mohabbate came out of there. Um, the Doom series was made by him. And he is notoriously known. Um, I'm giving context for those who don't understand where um, 
why Bollywood is significant and why I'm actually talking about this today. So some context is important. He is notoriously, um, Aditya Chopra is notoriously um, not available to the media. He doesn't give interviews for the longest time. People don't even know what he looked like. Um, and so to have him on screen for three hours of edited footage of a, like, you know, of an edited interview that he is, um, you can tell that he's, he is, genuinely sharing a lot of stuff that he has never shared before. Um, and it provided a perspective to this production company, to the movies that he made that he was a part of. And the overall direction of Indian cinema, I think was so, it was, it, it provided me, at least for somebody who's been watching this stuff all my whole life, it was fascinating to get his perspective on the, just the whole of it. And what I came out of that watching is, and the reason why I was actually so excited to watch it was less about it being about Bollywood. I think that was great. Um, uh, and I think that it, it removed a lot of preconceived notions that people have about Bollywood in general. Um, the term Bollywood itself came up at one point, and I think that was very interesting because um, – I know that I've used it as somebody who was, who's like the first child, like the oldest child of an immigrant parents from that part of the world. I know we use Bollywood as kind of like a way to like connect it to Hollywood, but Indian cinema is its own monstrosity. Um, and the way that we've kind of catered in the past to make Indian cinema palatable to white Western folks, um, part of that process is calling it Bollywood, even though it's not like Hollywood light, you know, it's its own thing and it's its own thing and it does its own thing very, very well. And it's nothing like Hollywood. Um, I feel represented in, in Indian cinema all the time because it's, you know, with South Asians in it. Um, I don't feel represented by Hollywood. So for me, there were two very, very different things. But I think that um, that conversation was really interesting because I know that I have personally used Bollywood as a term to just connect it to people who are not familiar with Indian cinema. But as a brown person who personally loves what comes out of there, um, even if um, our immediate history seems a little bit um, tired, <laughs> but regardless, I still, um, I will be f going forward um, will be more mindful of how I address Indian movies and um, to see if I can limit how I'm um, addressing it in the terms of the white man, like in the through the lens of a white man. And I think Bali, the term Bollywood has that has that kind of um, perspective to it. But the, re the biggest reason I was so excited to watch the romantics was to hear from Aditya Chopra. Um, I've I like um, I find legacy kids interesting. Um, I know that in my experience personally, um, there's a 50-50 shot as to whether or not a legacy child will understand whether or not, how, A, that they're a legacy kid and, and the amount of privilege that they have in the world. And, um, and most of the time for me, um, the legacy kids I have come across, it's, um, there's been a lot of entitlement. There's been a lot of uh, narcissism. Uh, there's been a lot of dismissing of their privilege because they feel somehow that it negates 
um, what they were born into. And that's always been an interesting conversation because unless, until you recognize your privilege in the, in the ways that you have it, um, you're not going to be able to help anybody else. But that's the theme that I've seen with a lot of legacy kids is that whereas the, their patriot, in most cases, it's the patriarch. Um, some cases it's been the mother, but, um, whoever came first, whoever, you know, created the thing that they're the legacy of, right. Um, they had, there was some sense of like helping, uh, creating something, help, like, you know, building something that would help, help something, you know, whether it's, in, you know, in the case of like Yashraj, um, Yash Chopra, it's, it was creating movies that would alleviate and kind of give you something to be proud of if you were an Indian to watch these movies. Um, for some people, it's to create a product or a service that helps. Um, in other places, it was social justice causes. Um, but their kids have, it's always been kind of a flip of a coin as to which way they'll turn. So, I was fascinated by the fact that Adi Chopra had a very clear sense of the privilege that he had, has. Um, he came off as very self-aware to me. He came, he came across as willing to like will like again I, I guess it is still under the under the umbrella of self-awareness but he's very willing to uh, he's he's willing to know that there are certain things he doesn't know but he's going to put himself around people who will uh, you know he'll find the people to put around him who will be able to close that gap for him um he understood that he was he was raised to have a secure attachment so that that gave him a different kind of privilege aside from the money and the status that he was born into that he also acknowledged that he had. He, he understood that his secure attachment also was a big part of why he's had the wherewithal to do what he's able to do. Um, and to watch him take what his, what his father built, um, who built on what his brother had built, right? So like, it's like a whole family thing. And, you know, movies in India is is another kind of family business. It really, that's kind of how it's operated. Um, but from when he wanted to build off of what his father had done, Aditya Chopra came across to me as really one of the few examples I've seen in real life of someone who did legacy building the quote unquote right way. Um, that's not to, all of this is not to say that he's not, that he doesn't have some personality flaws. Everybody does. But overall, to me, he really came across as understanding of his position in both his world and in the world at large. And that was fascinating to me because it's not something you see often, especially given the amount of privilege that he has had in his life. And I was watching it. And the reason I watched the last three episodes a few times, because I wanted to see if I missed anything. You know, sometimes when you're watching it the first time, there's a lot of excitement about, you know, seeing, um, Indian movies represented on a scale this way 
that kind of hopefully demystifies them for some people um, without taking away from the things that make Indian movies so great. Um, if you took away the singing, the dancing, and the colors, and the, and the clothes, and the, and the culture, like, that's not, then it's not Indian cinema anymore. Um, the love stories are as much part of it as the action is, as the comedy is. Like, all of that is included. The dialects that, that are spoken there, the um, the conflicts that um, we deal with, inner and outer, you know, all of that is just it, – it's, it's great to see that represented, especially for, you know, again, a lot of people like me, you know, kids of immigrants who came to this country and their parents tried their hardest to make sure we knew that we had a culture that we came from that was different than the one we were living in and that we needed to keep both in mind but we do straddle these two very very different worlds and it was really great to see the one that is um very as much as part of my identity as western culture is um but I think my ancestor watching my ancestral culture be represented on a wider scale was really um there was something very validating about that. There was something very regulating. Like my nervous system somehow felt regulated watching this. And that was um that was a nice feeling to kind of um experience. But I as I was watching it and again like like I said I've watched the Adi Chopra episodes a few times for this reason as I wanted to see it it brought to mind as I was watching it the first time and it kind of like the initial uh, joy of it wore off so that I can kind of really um, see if there were any red flags or alarm bells that went off for me. Nothing major, nothing major at all. Sense of arrogance, yes, of course he's going to be. He's good at what he does and he does, he's replicated it enough times. Of course it's going to be some arrogance. But again, it's arrogance when... Arrogance is only a bad thing if it's not coupled with self-awareness and he came off as very self-aware. But what it reminded me of is that I was watching it the second and the third time. Um, I was reminded of this clip that I had seen of Brene Brown where she called narcissism. Um, a, like, a, 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 I'm probably, I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but it's, a, it's something around like they have a severe shame of being ordinary. And how the watching like Adi Chopra go through not only just his successes, but the ones that he failed at as well. The stuff that he tried where he was like, you know, I don't know if this is going to work, but we'll just see, you know, we're working within some boundaries. Again, he brought up boundaries in in response to a lot of things that if other people in his position would not have been okay with, like being told you have a budget on a movie because you're not like, you know, they're like, okay, well, if we're going to lose money, let's not lose that much. And understanding that that's part of the understanding how to work within those boundaries and not pitching a fit about it. I think that was really interesting to watch too. Again, he didn't come off as narcissistic to me at all, but what he's doing is something that narcissists are so geared toward. Um, with the narcissist in my life, I've seen this come up over and over again, this need to want to do great things um, without ever actually putting in any of the work, without willing to look like a fool in the process. And without willing to first be bad at it in order to get good at it. Um, and I think when I was thinking back to myself, like years ago, I was, I was told by someone who's a dear friend of mine um, about the amount 
of privilege I had and I didn't understand it. I didn't get upset. I just didn't understand it. And when I started doing social justice work, I understood that while I am a woman of color in America, which in and of itself is a whole bunch of disadvantages, I was still privileged in the sense that my parents had worked their ass off and done all like the gritty work to put me in a position where I was able to go to med school, where nobody else in in my family on either side had ever been to one, in a country using in a using a language that they had never known before, that only like a, one generation before me even learned. So it's. I, once I kind of learned about my own privilege, even given the larger context of maybe probably not having that much, but I still had some privilege that I was not aware of. So it, that's why I think I recognize it watching um, Adi Chopra in, in the romantics was I could, I could see that, yes, he understood where he's from and he, yes, he wanted to do this big thing, but he also knew that, you know, sometimes shit hits the fan. And I know that with my mother, her, for her, the legacy was never big enough. Like it wasn't okay. It wasn't enough that, you know, she didn't live in the place where she grew up, which was, you know, destitute, didn't had, um, had, you know, she understood that she had worked to get some opportunities, but her legacy that she had with her kids, her husband wasn't enough. And it will never be enough. And she was always hyper fixated on all the things that she had to hide to make it look like it was a success. Because on its own, it was it was not enough for it to be a success because there were mistakes that were made or there were things that went wrong. Like if, if it wasn't a perfect legacy with no blemishes, then it wasn't worth anything. And um, I think I see that with other, like, again, like other narcissists that I've had in my life. This is also something that comes up where there is this need to want to be do great, grandiose things without ever having to make a mistake in the process, without ever having to get vulnerable, without ever having to uh, try and fail. And it's it was an education, I think. Um, to not only see that this there is a way to do it right, I guess. I guess there is a way to do it so that you do preserve what the generation before you built and build on it in a way that um, doesn't keep you trapped in a cage, doesn't keep you um, stuck. And I think... Overall, like, I think it's a great, it's a great series to watch. I think I felt, I felt as far as, you know, being brown, um, I think the culture was well represented. I think the movies were well represented. And again, this is like a small portion of, of Indian cinema. They could have done Bansali. They could have done Karan Johar, even though he's, he's in it as a, you know, as a, as a, like a thread that um, that connects back to Yashraj, but he also he also has his own little thing. You know, Subhash Gai is a really big director who has his own thing. The Nadiadwali brothers are another one. So there's so many different places they could have gone with it, and I and I like that it was this window. I think um, Yashraj movies are iconic. 
um, like visually they're very, they're very memorable because of the way that they look, no matter what, in what era you're watching one from. Um, yes, they've been around for a long ass time. Um, yes, they've made a lot of money. Yes. They've, um, worked with a lot of stars, made a lot of stars. Um, but also, you know, broke some stars like they, they weren't, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me. And I like, if you haven't watched it, I recommend you watch it, whether you are brown or not. Um, I think it's a really great way that if you're looking to understand other cultures or get an idea of, um, you know, what being brown is like, where our mentality comes from, what are a lot of things that define some kind of like core or some of our core memories are honestly attached to these, some of these movies that came out out of this production house. So it's, um, I think if you have a brown person in your life or if you're just interested in it, it's a great place to, to learn about us and then maybe go start watching some of the movies that came out of that place because I ended up doing that myself and um, I have had, um, despite everything else personally going on in my life, that made my, um, my last couple of weeks much more uh, fun anyway. Um, thanks for listening to this one. I, I really just wanted to do something um, short and sweet because... Um, some of the stuff that I know I talk about with the trauma and the narcissism is really, really um, heavy. But it was nice to see this one in this one small area in the world where it wasn't so rampant. It didn't hit you in the face. There was self-awareness and there's um, understanding of privilege and there's like all these very nice things that when you are a healed, secure person who understands their place in the world without minimizing yourself or maximizing anything else. Like there's just this healthy balance. And I think um, we don't get that a lot. And it was, um, I felt that it was important just as much as I focus on all the things that can go wrong, that sometimes you can get it right. Even when it seems like you're, you're giving somebody the platter for narcissism, that there is a way to come out of with all of those advantages and come out of it to be a health, a healthy person with a healthy outlook. Um, but, um, thanks so much for listening for this far and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.